This is Metastasis. I'm your host, Julianne B. In this episode, I am joined by one of my closest friends, Taylor Phillips. I wanted to be like you and like you were super popular, but I was also very confused because I was like, we were definitely like, you were a little too good at King Cup to be at a Christian fellowship. Taylor is a current neurology research specialist at the University of Pennsylvania and an aspiring doctor. The word doctor invokes many different ideas and images. For some, it's the promise of a healthy life for years to come. For others, it's a backloaded payoff for years of hard work, all cloaked in the prestige of a pristine white coat. For Taylor, the word unfolds as a story. One that begins with a military family, a small town in Georgia, and one unfriendly neighbor. I was born in Temple, Texas. My dad was stationed in Fort Hood, so that's why I was born in Texas. Um, And then when I was... Something you need to know about Taylor. She comes from a long line of vets, the ones in her most immediate family currently being her dad and one of her two brothers. Because of this, she has lived in more places before the age of 18 than some of us have ever vacationed. Taylor has moved almost everywhere below the Sun Belt, from Texas to Tennessee to Alabama, Georgia, Hawaii, back to Georgia, and finally back to Texas in Houston, where we both met at Rice. Yeah, I've only lived here like six years out of my life, and it's not ever been consecutively, and... I don't really have like a lot of connections here. It's like familiar, but I don't really know anyone here. I don't have family here. Yeah, but then you see like people on the outside like us, like see your life and you're just, we're just like, oh, it must've been so interesting, you know, experiencing different communities like that. And of course it's very different for you. And you've mentioned before that, you know, the idea, the concept of home is very nomadic for you. Whereas for me, like, even though I've lived in Houston for the past five years, like you ask me where home is, I'm always going to say St. Louis. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, I've decided home is just where my mama is. I look at you guys on the outside who have been able to stay in a place for a long time. And you guys are like, oh yeah, I've known so-and-so since middle school. And I know blah, 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 since spa. But really like in reality, like rice is the longest time like I spent in one place. Yeah. And you mentioned home is where mom is. But your dad is the reason why y'all moved around so much, right? So my dad joined the military in college. Yeah. And so he went to um, University of Alabama. And I think he joined through an ROTC scholarship. And that's pretty much how all of anyone who came out of Alabama or Aniston really has joined or has gone to college. And all throughout college, he was in the reserves. And then once... Uh, my mom was pregnant with my sister. That's when he became active duty. And so that's when all of the moving around and everything started. Taylor's dad isn't the only vet in the family. There's her brother, too. And at one point, she almost joined as well. As she reflects on the way the military has influenced her family's sense of place and home, the military also becomes an influencer of their financial welfare and their health history. Here's where it gets heated because I have a lot of feelings about it and a, a very complicated relationship I have with the military. In high school, if you grow up in a like low-income community or 
going to a school where there's a high population of African Americans or Latino students, then there's going to be a military recruiter knocking down your door junior year, shoving the ASVAB book in your face, telling you to take this ASVAB test. Oh, take a personality test. Oh, you'd make a great officer in the military, or you'd make a great so and so. While the military had offered Taylor's family plenty of benefits in terms of finances and health insurance, there was still a cost. After like living as a military child, you start to see a lot of the cons of being in the military. And then I really started to see that around 10 years old, 2009. That's when my dad got back from Kuwait. And when he came back, he was changed. He had PTSD. One time I had woken him up because I had a scary dream and I had scared him so bad that he like put me in a chokehold. And so it's like you don't really consider like the things that stay with you besides that $50,000 check once you leave the military or as you're going through the military. Yeah, and it's especially like when you're saying how they start you off, you know, young, you go in for, you know, 20 years or so, you don't come back without you know, certain strings attached, you know, you, whether it's like, you know, having PTSD, um, like literally giving an arm and a leg or um, something like that. Um, And that eerie image of just the recruiter knocking on doors of these kids who are 16, 17. I mean, I just got my driver's license. Yeah. And when these kids sign up for the military, they can't even legally vote. (laughs) And so, That's like the wildest part of, you know, they don't know what they're signing up for. But at the time, it's the best option they have. And it's really the only option they have. But it's also like, on the other hand, because my dad joined the military, my siblings and I are the only people in our family who ever went to college and ever graduated college. And we're fortunate with that. We have health insurance, we're healthy, and we have so many different privileges that they don't have. Taylor's relationship with the military is just one facet of her story on place, environment, family, and health. Next, we dig a little deeper into one particular town her family moved to that greatly impacted their health and that of their fellow residents, Aniston. Aniston is my family's hometown. I think my dad's family has been in Aniston for a while, but my mother's great-grandparents, they were the first of their family to ever lived in Aniston and they were originally from Georgia and yeah Aniston is just a really interesting city because it's also at the heart of a lot of American civil rights movements. Beyond being the town of Taylor's immediate family's residence for a few years, Aniston is the geographical root of much of her extended family tree. It is also where Taylor first saw the manifestations of social justice and the environmental determinants of health. For us, it seems like civil rights is so far in history, but this was like my parents' and my grandparents' lives. Like, my grandparents were on segregated buses, went to segregated schools. It was not that long ago, and my mom and dad, their high school and middle schools were like just freshly desegregated, still had the black and white water fountains. Their birth certificates still say Negro, but um, Aniston today is a ghost town really it's like a lot of crime is going on not many people there i think it's it's difficult for me to also call aniston home 
just because I feel like I personally don't have a connection with it. Well, I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in terms of what means home to you. But I guess like, I, I think you mentioned you've only you were only there when you were three or four. I don't know. I have like really vague memories of living in Aniston, like the time my my nanny like ran a red light and we, we never let it go or like my we would go out into the yard and pretend to be like cheerleaders for the University of Alabama a random homeless dog named Coco that we would always feed it's just like things like that that we still have that I think of Aniston and I try to keep in my heart I I, I think in terms of when I remember my childhood I call like the four to five year old period like the rosy memory period like everything you remember from that time it's just like so sunny like even the rain is sunny because like you were probably curled up inside with your parents or siblings or something definitely yeah. glad that it holds you know some of those good memories for you um but i do think you know since reading your article about monsanto that it seems so your article seems to paint like a very different picture of aniston well really aniston hasn't changed that much but it's just the fact of I'm no longer protected from the things that were going on in Aniston. It wasn't until like my sophomore year of college that I had any idea about what the Monsanto thing actually was about. Like my mom and her siblings would always make jokes about, oh, we're radioactive. Oh, we glow green. I was like, what are you guys talking about? Like what? And then she was like, oh, you've never heard of Monsanto? And so she showed me like this movie called like Aaron Brockovich or something and she's like this is basically what happened to us founded in 1901 Monsanto is an agrochemical and biotech company headquartered in St. Louis Missouri my hometown in popular news Monsanto is often associated with GMOs but has had a history of high-profile lawsuits dealing with pollution and public health issues in various countries Domestically, these scandals have touched towns like Aniston. Starting in the 70s, Monsanto had released tons of PCBs into Aniston's local waterways and open landfills, culminating in a 2002 lawsuit. And it's really interesting that your paper is about Monsanto because I actually live, you know, like a 5K run away from Monsanto headquarters. Like I used to you know, drive to my friends' houses that were on, you know, Olive Boulevard. And I would always pass by, you know, Monsanto Drive. We also had like a neighbor who used to work at Monsanto. And I would always hear my parents talking about, you know, GMOs and everything. My mom was like that crazy lady that bought everything organic the minute we had, you know, more than average discretionary income. And she was just like, yeah, I don't want you to get like tumors and Uh, I don't want you to be, like, dumb when you grow up. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, because you told me this a few minutes ago, and I was just like, oh, my God, Monsanto's everywhere. It is. (laughs) And especially just, like, the thought of having a Monsanto Boulevard or Monsanto Road, it's unsettling. It's like Monsanto has been responsible for, like, the deaths and sicknesses of so many people. It's basically equivalent to, like, oh, yes, Tuskegee Experiment Boulevard, (laughs) Slavery Avenue. It's so weird. And so, I don't know. It makes sense when you think of it as a corporation, but everything that was going on in the background is definitely uncomfortable. But I also, like, find it interesting how, I guess, our parents' generation have known about, like, Monsanto and, like, DDTs and everything that's going on and how it still seems like every 10 years or so there's another scandal Hopefully not after 
Bayer has bought them out. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, if you look through the, you know, the history of Monsanto, your paper focused mainly on, you know, the PCB dumps in Aniston, but it's also like you look through the history of Monsanto, and it's pretty, um, it's pretty dark. Like, astroturf has been disputed. Um, DDT was a huge thing in like the uh, 1960s and 1970s, and I, I feel like when when you're in like the agrobiotech industry. It's inevitable that you're going to come across like a lot of these environmental issues, these ethics issues, these health issues. I basically grew up in a hospital. I was always hospitalized when, especially when I was living in Anston. So now that I think about it, I was always like around doctors, and I was, and I still am, the annoying why child. And so whenever they were like, "Taylor, you're sick. Why? Because your lungs aren't working. Why?" And so they would have to like. Explain it in an extremely like nuanced way, and so when my grandma was diagnosed with cancer, my mom would like sit me down and explain everything that's going on, what chemotherapy is, what radiation therapy is, what does metastasis mean, and that's just basically how I've been raised. My mom recognized that I was a very curious mind, and so, and I grew up. My brother has cerebral palsy, and he. he has to use a wheelchair and I don't think I realized that not everyone has a family member in a wheelchair until I was a little older and after like pre-k and so I don't think I started asking about my brother's illness until probably after my grandma of like oh why is he in a wheelchair what's cerebral palsy but I also started like just researching on my own about like all the different illnesses I had or like illnesses my family had And this is when I'm like four and five years old. So I was a really weird kid. I think it's especially important to occupy these spaces as a woman, but also a black woman, just because it's so easy for it to be flippantly, oh, you're sick, you have this, and you know, of course you have this because you're black and more likely to be at risk of this. No surprises at all. But no one ever asked the why. With this story that I have told about my family in terms of Aniston and Monsanto, it has taught me the importance of a patient's history, not just their family diseases, but the core root of those diseases. Where did you live? Like, how did you live? What was your diet like? Why is your diet like this? Did you have access to these foods? Because what's the point of, you know, treating high blood pressure or diabetes of saying just eat healthier if they go home and they live in a food desert? And so you can't really solve these issues without getting to the core root of them. And I think that's why you need to actually connect a lot of patients with resources. For the past three years or so, Taylor has been one of the most steadfast friends in my life. Her determination to bring the care she displays for all of her close family and friends to her future patients is apparent. Throughout our conversation, we've revealed that the meaning of being a doctor, for her, runs deep in the roots of her family history. It occupies an intimate cross-section of many different planes in her life. Illness, place, duty, bonds, and the simple curiosity of a child for her surroundings. And yet, Taylor's challenging journey through the rest of her medical career has just begun. For me, it is incredibly comforting to know that there are doctors who consider their patient beyond the illness, doctors who factor in the family, the circumstances, and, perhaps, 
the small towns that shaped them. Metastasis is a part of the Digital Humanities Initiative at BBQ+, the Center for Black-Brown Queer Studies, which is home to the Medicine Race Democracy Lab and affiliated with the Medical Futures Lab. This episode was produced and hosted by Julianne B. with production assistance from Taylor Phillips and Tian Tian He. Our team includes Eddie Jackson, Catherine Wu, Bilal Rahman, Aisa Rizvi, Alicia Liang, Mandy Tren, Jason Lee, Tian Tian He, Julianne B., and Taylor Phillips. Metastasis is directed by Lan Lee. Additional senior production assistance comes from the very amazing Cher Vincent, and our music is by Moise. Special thanks to Taylor Phillips for talking to us in this episode. You can learn more about Taylor's essay, Monsanto Poisoned Us, The Open Secret of America's Industrial Monopoly, on the Metastasis episode site. <laughs>